Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba Cat podcast. <laughs> to celebrate our 10th episode, um, we actually have an in-person guest for the very first time. Um, I am your co-host, Natalie Weiner. I'm Johnny Opping. And in the house, in our house, we have Dave Hellman. You guys didn't tell me that I had such an auspicious honor to be the first in-person <laughs> guest. Well, we didn't want you to get, like, too nervous before you came. That's you know? how I, like, I mean, that's how I know it's real. That's how I know we're coming out of COVID. Like, there's so <laughs> many. This is big. Milestones. This, this is big You know, for like, yeah. in-person potting yeah, for absolutely. people watchables. Yeah. Um, Dave is a professional at this, so it's really pretty wild that he's sitting here at our dining table with our little mic mm -hmm. that we're kind of huddled around like it's a campfire. Yeah. He wouldn't let us use the Dallas Cowboys studio. Uh, <laughs> I tried. I, I, put in a, I put in a word and I was like, come on guys, like, what are you doing at six o'clock on Monday? Yeah. But, yeah, but Dave I mean, is, he is staff writer for DallasCowboys.com. Uh, the one and only. Podcaster. Uh, show host personality what, digital thing guy yeah. whatever yeah. big big guy on twitter if you care about the nfl you definitely follow dave or have read his articles because let's face it the cowboys are america's team and everybody you know knows about them i can feel the pain in natalie's voice <laughs> i can feel it just like ah. no i mean whatever i'm on board i live here i'm like I'm, I'm not on board like I'm going to root for them, but I'm on board, you know, That's with fair. sort of being conscious of them in as the like, zeitgeist. Talking about them as a bit. Basically, mm -hmm. saying how about them cowboys? Yeah, that's ironically, true. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then, like, but that's all ironic bits become real bits over time. Yeah, like, it's just you got to be careful. I mean, that's like what fandom is, right? Like, if you'd started becoming a fan like after eight years old, it might have started ironically. I wouldn't be surprised. And then, honestly, developed into psychotic <laughs> obsession. <laughs> But, um, but yes, we are gathered here not to talk about the Cowboys for once in Dave's life. Which, I mean, which, hey, love my job, love talking <laughs> about the Cowboys, but what a relief. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of football episodes of Reba. Yes. The football, like, episodes that have football involved in it. Mm -hmm. But we we wanted Dave to get a change of pace. Yeah. And not he have just, to answer any about questions it. about, like... Dave would be the perfect person. We've talked pretty exhaustively <laughs> about with guests about career. Van's football career as a cornerback. Ooh, I so didn't we even think could about have that. a whole. We could set aside a segment for that because he's the first person that would be qualified to talk about it. Yeah, that's true. But uh, we'll see. Well, we won't like jump right into the X's and O's. I mean, this of, wasn't like a football-heavy episode, right, so we may need sure. to have you back for one that centers on. In all sincerity, I'm so ready. I told you all this before you invited me on. Like, Reba, Reba has a slice, a slice of my psychology because, like, it was my high school girlfriend's mom's. That's a mouthful, but yeah. like, it was her like comfort show. So like, Reba was on in their house. So and I was with her like all through high school. So like from okay. the age. From the age of like fifteen until I graduated, like 
you come home from dinner or you come back from the party and like her, her mom's watching Reba. <laughs> and I would like sit down and like we had a good relationship so we'd sit down and like catch a couple episodes and I'm well versed in the Rebaverse. I it, just want to wow. say. I mean that's great. That's probably the well Brandon had a pretty good backstory too, but it, that's at least tied for the best Reba origin story. Origin backstory. It's very sweet. It's like I mean, as you when you described it to us off the pod, I had like a lot of questions. You you did a good job <laughs> describing it there. I mean, because like I think a lot of people listening have exes, and then they don't. Then if you said like, well, what is their ex's mom's favorite show? Follow up question: Have you seen a bunch of the episodes of that show? <laughs> because it was your ex's mom's favorite show, they'd probably say. I don't know, or the answer Fair. followed by no, but it's pretty sweet that you were like, we had a good relationship. I oh, picture yeah. you watching it with your ex's mom without your ex, which is kind of it, like, this that, is hilarious. That definitely happened. <laughs> that def- I want to be very clear. That definitely happened. I mean, not all the time, but like at least, at least a few, once a like week. I would walk in and be like, oh yeah, all right, season four, let's go. <laughs> Shout You're out. like, oh, I've been waiting to see Cena. God, I, I, I'm going to shout out Miss Rebecca just so that I can send this Aww. to her later. And say, hey. Miss Rebecca, I have... I have well, Miss Rebecca already listens, but... Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> she likes Reba but enough that she might. send it to might. her anyway just she so that likes she, Reba like, enough that she feels might. that connection with you still. She also, can... the other thing that made me laugh a lot was you being like, yeah, you know, come back from dinner, like, after the party, and, like, she'd be watching, and it's like... You describe it how I imagine, like, in shows when it's, like, you get back from the party and, like, the, in, like, some really bad show, like, they get back and, like, the dad is, like, drunk or something, you know, (laughs) just, like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, he had a real, like, issue with Jack and, you know, Jack Daniels and just, like, always be drinking it when you get back, like, you know, she had a real Reba problem, so, like, she was, uh, if we get back around 2.30 a.m., she's you know, watching Reba. She's watching Reba, yeah. waiting to, for us to explain where we'd been. Just in a completely <laughs> no, dark room the that's problem, illuminated with a Reba. No, and the problem is, which, I mean, you know, I, like, I, I had some fun in high school. Like, I did the house party thing, but, like, for the most part, I was pretty dorky. So, like, mm-hmm. we would come home at, like... 10 o'clock. Sure. And she's, like, it's very normal for somebody to still be up watching Reba. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. prime, like... that's like us every night. Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 exactly. p.m. We're still watching Reba. Um, but yes, it's an amazing backstory. And I'm glad that you have the context to really, like, kind of bring some new insight, I think, into our analysis of Reba. Because a lot of the people we've had on have not been, like, devotees it's been it's been a mixed bag so i do which so i watched the episode i watched episode 10 and like it was it was wild because like i mean (laughs) i want to i want to be clear and it's a good sitcom but like i probably hadn't seen an episode of reba since i was like 19 years old sure and i'm in my 30s now and i it like immediately just took me back i was like oh yeah there's van and oh yeah barbara jean like it was weird and like how much I still remembered but also didn't, you know? Like I'm just like trying to piece it all back together. Well, it's like I feel like so many sitcoms, I mean, it's changing for this one because our podcast is, you know, uh, taking over the world. Right. But like except for the the sitcoms that get big, I mean, that get like massive massive syndication 
and then get Netflix or whatever, and then are on people talk about it on Twitter. That like you've got Friends, you've got The Office, and there's like a couple more, it, where you remember watching them live and you haven't seen them a clip of one since like the last time it was on live. Which that's really interesting to think about because and like The Office is a good show, Friends is a good show. Parks and Rec is probably my guilty pleasure where, like, you just put it on because sure. you know you'll enjoy it. But, like, remember back in the day when you didn't have a choice? Right. Yeah. And you were just like, well, oh, well Reba's on for the next four hours, so that's right. what I'm going to watch because yeah. there's not that much else on. Right. Whereas now, like, any sitcom that's ever been on is available to you. So you, right. And that, like, so people just keep going back to yeah. the office. Well, and that's, like, the... I'm sure someone who takes TV way too seriously would get mad at me for saying this, but, like, more or less, like, depending on what you're into, like, whatever, like, your personal preferences based on the kind of things they, the characters in the show, whatever, like, the quality of these shows is, like, fairly similar, and we kind of pretend, like, there's this, like, hierarchy of, like, the great, I mean, obviously, like, I know, like, Seinfeld is, like, incredible. Like, I'm not saying that there are not... You're not saying that Reba is the same that, as Seinfeld. But, like, it's just kind <laughs> of, like... Is, look, though. maybe it is. It's, like, these shows that we haven't ever. thought about in so long... Yeah. Yeah. ...are actually, like, that much worse. Right. Or maybe are, like... You know, Friends is... It is, like, yeah, I guess it's polarizing because... I mean, it's only polarizing because everybody talks about it constantly. Yeah. I mean, everybody... Because it's always on, but, like... How, like... When was the last time you thought about that '70s show? Did you watch that? I did. Uh, not, yeah, not and in a minute. It's just yeah. kind of the same shit. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but nobody most, talks about it. Most sitcoms are. Yeah. yeah. Like, at the end of the day. No, it was like you had the hour of like my wife and kids. You had like, the hour <laughs> of that '70s show. Wow, my wife and kids. Like that's it. Uh, along the same lines as Reba. Like, there's just so much stuff in my brain yeah. that I right. forgot was right. ever there. Right, and it's like, I don't think it's like. You might not be able to picture two characters in My Wife and Kids, but then if the episode came on, you would remember, like, five things about each character once you saw them, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Reba falls into that because, I mean, I mean, all sitcoms do this, but, like, the characters, like, you know their bits. They don't, like, they're not subtle about what their right. thing is. Right. And we've gotten into it. I mean, a lot of their things is just being dumb. Like, <laughs> like being not as... Like, Reba's thing is not that she's... Reba has... Reba is not stupid, and every other character is. Yeah. More or less, like, yeah. It, to well, varying degrees. The, the, mid, the daughter, the, the non-Cheyenne yeah, daughter, right. whose name Kira, escapes me. Kira? There we go. Yeah. She's just a smartass. Yeah. She's classic, yeah. like... Middle child. Yeah, and... Like, we've described her as a 45-year-old man in Yeah, she's kind of like an body. extra in a Woody Allen movie. Like, no, I mean, not to talk about Woody Allen because it's bad, but you know the vibe. Can of worms. Like, yeah, exactly. We're, we're not even going to go there. Like, Woody Allen, no. But but you know the vibes. Yeah. True. You know the vibes. True, true, true. Neurotic Jew is kind of Kira's energy, even though she's living in suburban Houston. Um, but yeah, so... Episode 10, we're here, podcast 10. It's called When Good Credit Goes Bad. Kind of like mm, a little so-so on the title there for me personally. Um, it's our first episode that aired after 2001. Oh, we're wow. into 2002 oh, now. Okay, yeah. okay. January 11th, 2002, exactly, uh, that's four, four. 
months. I can't do four math. Months, yeah. Three months. I think it's... Uh, four months. Okay. Four months after 9-11. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's... I don't know. Oh, there's a ambulance going yeah, by. Well, no, they we're doing those sound effects because of the 9-11. Yeah, record. exactly. That's, wow. that's what it sounded like. Wow. Um, no, just kidding. That's, that's actually bad. really fucked up. <laughs> that's podcasting, baby. Yeah, that was kind of dark, Johnny. But, <laughs> well, I we can edit that out. And the ambulance. <laughs> and we're starting the podcast now. Um, well, but yeah. So anyway, so we're getting a little bit of a healthy distance. Sure. You know, sort of from... We've passed our first Christmas after yeah, 9-11. Exactly. So. It's the first Reba episode after the first Christmas after exactly. 9-11. And first New Year's after 9-11. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, this episode was written by Patricia Carr, who I know only because she also wrote the infamous potato salad episode. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's, you know... I'm not saying she's kind of got a really high standard to live up to, but she she set the bar. Yeah, she's, um, she breaks broke a lot of ground in the series. <laughs> Do you remember the potato salad so, episode wait, from your? I've I've seen a lot of episodes of Reba, but like this I, one was football related, so it might have stuck in your yeah, brain. I don't seen it. I don't think I could like pick the plot of a Reba episode <laughs> out of my brain. Like it's just to go back to Johnny's thing is like. Yeah. Every Reba episode is basically Reba just being like, I'm surrounded by idiots. And you're like, yeah, yeah more or less. So. Yeah. I mean, this one just was like the superstition. There were all these superstitions that the team had to do with their, like, they ate like a full steak dinner before their game, which was Jeez. also another, like, random thing, like a thing that you definitely don't do. Yeah. Um, but then it's like Cheyenne buys the wrong potato salad. And Barbara Jean tells everybody, and then they all believe that they're going to lose, and then Reba gives them, like, a pep talk, and oh. then they win. I mean, is this season one? Yeah. yeah. That just sounds like something. Which, okay, <laughs> not to get too off the rails, but just, and we can get into this, mm -hmm. I feel like most of my Reba experience is, like, the later seasons. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like in syndication, they tend to avoid season one because, huh. like, shows don't Change really around. Right, so like, much. they don't kind yeah. of grow into what they are until later on. Yeah. So I, maybe my experience with season one is not that deep. Thorough. Yeah. yeah. Well, you might need to revisit it then I, hey. and just kind of, you know, take in the majesty of the potato salad episode. Yeah. Um, But that's not what we're talking about today. We've got When Good Credit Goes Bad. So we usually start with just like trying to summarize as quickly as possible what trying happened. Trying to be the keyword, right? Usually without failing. going off the rails, but um, quick synopsis and go. Okay, a plot is classic Reba Barbara Jean face off, spurred by Reba getting her card declined at a department store while hanging out with her friend who we were introduced to last episode. Park Overall is the actress. Um, but anyway, her cards declined. She's like, what's going on? She calls, reports it's stolen, and then pieces together that the purchases add up to Barbara Jean having used the card. Um, and her and Brock had shared credit cards up until recently, but then, you know, with the divorce, all that. So she goes to Brock, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, we're actually getting married in two weeks. So that's why Barbara Jean's like spending all this money um, buying stuff for the wedding. And she's like, wait, what? We're not even officially divorced yet, which is seems like a pretty important detail. And there's all of this kind of like legal stuff that Brock wants her to take care of. 
Um, Reba's understandably resentful of that uh, ask. And, but then Barbara Jean tries to use the credit card again, gets arrested in mall jail, you know, by, by mall security because her card, the card's been reported stolen and it happens in like a Jesus gift store, which, you know, brings everyone and Reba some some happiness um and so then barbara jean kind of like confesses to her about like wanting a better wedding you know not wanting to go just kind of steal off and lope to the islands in this rushed way but to get married you know in a big way and all this stuff and reba's like well you should have the wedding you want whatever because you know reba wise generous ultimately thoughtful and then it kind of backfires because Brock is like, oh, like, Barbara Jean told me what you told her, and, like, I want to give her the wedding that she wants here in Houston with all our friends and the kids. And, like, he asked Reba to, like, sing at the wedding, and it's kind of like this big wink. Because, <laughs> you know, it's Reba, she can sing, and that's how the episode ends. B-plot is this whole weird thing with Kira skipping school <laughs> to go see Maya Angelou in downtown Houston mm. at the library. So just some classic Kira hijinks. Cheyenne intercepts the phone call that's intended for Reba reporting that skip Kira school. skipped school and tries to like hold it over her head in this just weird like practice. Blackmails her. Exactly. Yeah. Blackmails yeah. her. But, but, like, Van is like, oh, we're practicing being yeah. good parents and stuff. Like, so we have to figure out how to punish her. And Cheyenne's like, okay, we'll get her to, like, do all of our chores for us. Uh, ultimately, Kira just, like, tells Reba. And Reba's like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. And Cheyenne's like, what? And there, it's this kind of, like, thing about, I don't know, learning how to be parents or whatever. Letting things of, slide, I guess. Exactly. It's kind of a doesn't, none of it really makes any sense. But the idea that she's, like skipping school to go see Maya Angelou is kind of just a remarkable it's, little detail. <laughs> there is, like, a, a theme of the B-plots of Reeb episodes where they don't really wrap up in any meaningful way, usually. Yeah. It's sort of just like, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, which is uh, accurate about a lot of life. I mean, <laughs> well, for, I mean, that's my philosophy on everything, really, but... I'm, that's your A-plot. I'm, you, I'm glad you said that, because I just remember being like, we're done here? Like, because, like, and then, like, Reba even, Reba was, like, mad at Cheyenne, and she, right, and she was right. like, you blackmailed your sister? Like, this, yeah. you're, you guys are assholes. And they right. were like, <laughs> and Reba was like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Just sort of, like, never finished up, I yeah. guess. And it's, like, funny because the conceit of the show, to some degree, is that she's taking care of her teeth teenage her daughter who's a teenage mom mm-hmm. and so like a big part of that is that she's this sort of accepting progressive like semi like liberal minded sure. yeah where it's like hey you know it would be ideal if this didn't happen but it did we're gonna live together harmonious like mm-hmm. live together and it's gonna work well and you're not a bad person for this happening mm-hmm. but then it's funny that so many of the episodes i mean she proves to be a very good mom in many episodes, but, like, it's also the main problem is what's going on that affects her, mm-hmm. and then the B-plot being something that has to do with her parenting, and her parenting philosophy usually comes down to the similar conceit of the <laughs> show, which is, like, I don't know, it's fine, whatever. You know? <laughs> like, you'll be fine, who, who cares? Which, yeah. I don't know, that's... Maybe mo- some I mean, parents she could... she some good pep talks. And she some, does. Like, some good heart-to-hearts. Which, but... which, I hear what you're saying... And I agree, but my 
scrambled memory of Reba is that like she doesn't take any shit. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And I just I also was kind of like I don't think Reba would let it slide that her kid skipped school to right. go downtown in, in one of the biggest cities in America without right. like telling anybody. Right. Like she might not have freaked yeah. out, but she probably wouldn't have been like, okay, like get out of my face, which is yeah, basically right. what she said. Well, like, it's kind of like the, I mean, who am I to say? I'm not a parent, but like in my mind, they wrapped it up so quickly and it wasn't, you know, it was so generic. You, I, I don't like what you did, but you I appreciate your it, honesty, so. but if this happens again, uh, you're in big trouble, which is so generic. It also just sets up, sets it up to be like, okay, well, obviously that means next time I'm, I am going to lie about it right. because that means I'll really get in trouble. Right. So it's kind of like the, I am, I imagine like the right parenting would be like, you know, next time you really want to see my Angela <laughs> during the school day, why don't you talk to me about it? Because that might be an acceptable reason to miss school and I can take you there. Right. I like, right. I like that. That's you, quality. They were, but she was just kind of like, so really, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, is she like a super like laissez-faire parent? Mm-hmm. I mean, the answer is probably like, it's been kind of consistent so far. She parents one of her children. And the other but two have been But that's the episode's only 20 minutes long. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're getting to the point where she's a single... Uh, it is a, a single parent household. Mm-hmm. And she has custody of the children. And we're 10 episodes in and we have not been introduced to a babysitter. That's and true. she And we have seen her all, all out of the house plenty. And she's like, where's... Where was Jake at well, all of this episode? That's what Cheyenne's for. That's true. No, but, but she's like practicing her parenting, <laughs> like, and failing. I mean, I think yes, Johnny, you're right. That's a way more like logical approach if you are a real life parent. But the way that things went down set up that great like dialogue with Cheyenne, where Cheyenne was like, "But I've you've never let me get away with anything," and Reba just is like, "Excuse um, you, her <laughs> like, <stomach>. yeah." <laughs> and, like, I did find that really No, funny. that was like, fantastic. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, Cheyenne and Van are clearly both, like, like Cheyenne is entitled and spoiled, and Van is just, like, extremely stupid in a mm. funny way. So it's, like, their sort of shared delusions are always, like, good fodder for, for joke material. I find, with, like, my main memory from watching it as a teenager is, like, I just love them both. Because Van like, and Cheyenne. They're just very like two dimensional cartoonish mm-hmm. characters and like it leads to the best material. Because mm-hmm. right. which again, Johnny, like it's a twenty two minute like <laughs> like you know, like it, we're not looking for we're not looking for logical consistency here. I'm That's just fair. looking to be which okay. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but to take it back to mm-hmm. my ex girlfriend. <laughs> That sounds weird. <laughs> I, like, used to argue with her, and it wasn't just about Reba, but it would just, like, about all entertainment. It wasn't just about Reba, it was about our relationship. It was really a microcosm. It was really a microcosm. I could just imagine one of y'all being like, no, we're going in separate directions, and it's not just it's about not Reba. It's not just about Reba. No, her, like, her and her family, like, the, her and her family, they used to just, they watched low-brow TV and movies, I guess. Like, just 
that in, shots fired. No, I know, I know. That sounds so bad. So like when Reba, so they had time to watch Reba and Lowbrow. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I like my pretentious ass would be like, don't y'all want to watch something? And they they would be like, no, we just want to be entertained. Like for like twenty minutes to, or like if it was a movie, like ninety minutes, like. You don't have to be challenged and depressed by like everything that you watch, yeah. and like it would like that was valuable for me to hear because I was obsessed with like shit like that. Fourteen year old like, trying to just watch like Christopher Nolan. I wanted movies. to be yeah, I was the edgy <laughs> douche that was just like oh. Fight Club or Bust. Like, <laughs> I knew you were Fight Club, Fight Club or Bust. <laughs> but like it's true, like you know, like we we're we want to be entertained. You don't yeah. have to be challenged by every right. freaking. It doesn't have to be like. Your resume of what you watched. Yeah, it right. can be like I right. wanted to enjoy the time I spent There's watching it. A certain amount of like peace that comes with that, where you're like, yeah, I don't give a shit how good this is. Yeah. Like, I just want to forget about whatever it is that's bothering me for yeah. thirty minutes. You know? Yeah. Anyway. I wonder if there's gonna be any like Fight Club illusions on Riva. Oh god. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Like, like there's a character that doesn't really exist. Well, I meant more just like the line because we just started watching Ted Lasso last night, and there was oh. like he said the only rule of Fight Club, you know, yeah. like, there was that line. So I wonder if there's one of those coming in Reba. Yeah, probably it would be how many years late? Like four. When did Fight Club come out? Oh, two thousand two. Wow, so it was the nineties. Oh okay. no. Well, actually, it might have. It might have been like ninety eight. Like yeah, but you might be right. That's what I would have thought. But actually, I don't you might. Know. You might be right. I don't know that. It, All I know is that it absolutely poisoned, like, a generation of <laughs> men, including me. The fact of the matter is, I've never actually seen Fight Club. Wow. I know, I, mean, I know. It's bad. I haven't seen The Matrix. I haven't seen Fight Club. There's, like, a million sort of movies. I like mean, that honestly, that I that's fine. Even after all of these, I would probably recommend that you watch it. Just don't make it your personality, which yeah. is a problem for a lot of people yeah. in my demographic. Well, the problem is, range. Is, is men... Our age, or within like a seven-year, well, it might be way bigger than that, window, it's just, they saw it when they were young enough to have not seen like a movie with a twist before. Yeah. So it's just like, this is the most like breathtaking film I've ever seen that and it's ever and, existed. Uh, Fight Club and Donnie Darko are yeah. both yeah, like in the I same... Remember. I haven't seen that one either, but I But Donnie Darko is... Well, I was just going to say, like, I don't see it as being, like, the movie that obnoxious people thought was super cool. Is that just oh, I think, weird for me? I like, think it was. I think that? it was there as well. Maybe not as much as Fight okay. Club because it was nowhere near as mainstream. It's not about well, a club where people fight well, and it's about, like, a... Fight Club had Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like, Fight Club had... A lot of people saw it, whereas yeah. Dying Darko was this, like, D-list indie movie. But I think it was very, like, the classic, like... Okay, you this is starting that? to We're sound like a rails. podcast yeah. that we don't acknowledge. Yeah, it is sounding that, a lot like a podcast that people seem to think for that some we're reason making tie fun to of. our podcasts. Oh, yeah. Reba Watchables, oh, like completely original yeah. <laughs> conceit. Fair, um, fair. That they, nobody's ever done before. They who shall not be named. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, anyway, pivoting back away from Fight Club and towards Reba. I take responsibility um, for that. That's my fault. <laughs> no, it's not. It's We share uh, responsibility yeah, I share. on this podcast. Um, Dave, what were your sort of initial takeaways from this episode of Reba? Yeah, you've seen uh, a, a healthy portion of Reba episodes. Yeah. Did this one feel like right down the line of like, yeah, that's about it. 
versus like I remember it being better or this one was even better than I remember? I would say that I remember it being better and actually like it ties into what we were talking about a minute ago is like the B plot sucked. Like the yeah. B plot wasn't good and I I was like, well, you guys clearly didn't have because Reba was so like Reba had to all of the stuff that happened with her was away. At like it wasn't in the yeah. house, it wasn't with the family. And they were like, we don't have an idea for what to do with the rest That's of true. these characters right. while Reba's at jail or the restaurant or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, like, I, I thought the episode suffered because of that. I was just like, this is neither interesting nor believable. Mm-hmm. And like, you're not really, again, I think Cheyenne and Van, in my opinion, are like the best, or at least the most entertaining yeah. characters I mean, in the Van show. Van is like a hundred percent the funniest character. Right. Yeah. It's like not surprising that he's been more successful well, in his later career. And I could be, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of this now, so I'm not like backing it up with like specific examples, but I feel like the, the best episodes are probably where you just take Reba, Cheyenne, and Van and have them like in the shit together. You know, like yeah. they're that the A plot is those three doing something. Yeah. And like maybe something funny in, happens. In the shit. Yeah. You know, like they go to <laughs> really get they down go, and dirty. They go to Nam well, or something. You need to see the episode where like Reba has to defend Van to his parents. Yeah. It's like it's very episode. touching. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm I'm in. I'm 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 down with that. I just but, but yeah. S- separate it. I think okay, we would probably all agree that those three are the core of what makes the show good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barbara Jean, I think, does develop as a character. She does. For somebody she who, she like, does. Like, as somebody who also saw a lot of Reba reruns without, like, having a lot of specific recollections of them. Like, as I'm rewatching, I think it must have taken her a little while to, like, find her rhythm as Barbara Jean. Yeah. Like, I did think this episode, she was actually funnier than she has been in, like, previous ones. I, I mean, I, I go... So... The previous episode, she was, like, a human character. Yeah, that's true. And, like, that you felt sorry for. I mean, this one, I still kind of cringe when she's, like, unbelievably cartoonish. Right. You know, like, when she was crying, it was... It was weird. It was, like, slapstick. It was, like, slapstick, which is weird because she had an actual sad moment in the previous episode that, like, made you actually empathize with her. And this one is, like, this, like, doofus is crying... And has no self awareness, right? But I do, and again, like I think that's uh, that's just show writers figuring out how the characters yeah. work. Like, lean Les- into Les- something. Leslie Nope was kind of unlikable in the first yeah. season of Parks and Rec because they just tried to make her a female Michael Scott. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, and then they realized, like, oh, this character has things that make her appealing and strong yeah. and yeah. fun and blah blah blah. And like Andy in that show too. Like his yeah. only thing was dumbest personal life um, for the BN. Right. Um... I was thinking of somebody else, but like I feel like that's a very common thing where in season one they just like bash you over the head with, with the, the yes, yes, and then the... then like the payoff is that if they grow at all as characters, you have a whole plot yeah. lineup. You have a whole arc of them being like, oh, you know, Barbara Jean accomplished something but that is so that is another another thing that well the thing that's always going to stand out to me from anything that's more than like five or six years old and it's not their fault but obviously like the way that technology has just ruined these plot lines like reba would in 2021 she would immediately know somebody was doing stuff on her credit card and be like okay we'll cancel that (laughs) and then also like you know 
they probably wouldn't call the house about the daughter skipping school because nobody has a landline. They would just call Reba's cell phone. True. She would right. be like, oh, right. what, what, Which, like, what she, going on? We found out she did have a cell phone. Yeah, I know. Did right. she, so, she pull that out of the table? It was hilarious. Well, was in, in 2002... Mm-hmm. It's at least believable that the landline would be your primary. You'd oh, be no, like, definitely. call the That's house. That's like the, yeah. the, the, the number on record yeah. is going to be the In landline. Literally, I went somewhere within the last month. It was probably my, actually, it was my own parents' home in New Orleans. <laughs> you went was somewhere? It, I don't the, like really my remember. my ex-girlfriend's mom. <laughs> yeah, I actually stopped and said hi to Miss Rebecca. No, the, the home phone rang and I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, why do you even have this? Mine right. disconnected there two years ago, I, I think. I don't get it. Yeah, my dad always has some reason why it's important, and I don't believe him. But um, it's in case you skip school, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you skip, you don't go to work one day. You don't go to the star. Uh, Dave, they called and said that you haven't been in practice. You can just say I was downtown to see my Angela. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to take a second to like? You were pretty. Uh, that was a whole thing for you. I mean, I was just like, how would she get there? I mean, the place she where said it's she said, took a bus. Oh, okay. But it's like she allegedly, I mean, like the place where Reba, like the house is in Sugarland. So that's like a full like suburb of Houston. Wait, I don't even, I don't want to speak out of turn if any, I know there are a million Houstonians listening to this. That's but true. Like, yeah, Sugarland is not, Sugarland is almost its own thing. I like, think it is. pretty far away but from Houston. Then he did talk about Houston, like Brock did. So maybe they're trying to sell that it's like actually like on the outskirts of Houston proper. Because he was, was like, oh yeah, we're going to get married here in Houston with all our friends. Yeah, like true. that was one of the first yeah. times they've ever actually said like a location. You right. Know? They were afraid to at first because they were, they didn't want to like, they didn't want like fans trying to like find the sets <laughs> and stuff like that. It's funny because so I watched the show, but I didn't remember the details. And through the whole episode, I was like, I know they're in Texas. Like, and I've lived in Dallas for a decade now. I was like, oh man, are they in Dallas? That would be kind of fun if like like maybe I'd be able to like pick out landmarks or names or whatever. But honestly, it would be much more believable if it were set in Dallas because, as we all know, like Reba has like some Oklahoma ties. True. I didn't even think about that. But she's from there. I think the town that she is originally from is like South eastern oklahoma so really not very far from dallas at all yeah that would have been so much better but whatever alas um the which this has always been my thing with reba is just like it's not entirely believable to me that she would just put up with everything that brock and barbara jean expect of her like i just I know she's a wonderful woman, but at some point you have your breaking point. Yeah. And that feels like it is like, hey, um, sorry my mistress girlfriend fiance is like stealing from you, but I need you to like let me get married quickly. And then also like to turn it around and be like, you know, Reba does this very benevolent and like noble thing. And he's like, oh, great. So we're going to do a big wedding here because you said it's okay. And Reba's just like, oh, Brock, you're at it again. Like, no, get, tell him to get the hell out of your house. Like, yeah, it's true. It's, she's, it's not, a, she is noble to a point that I don't think it's believable. Sure. And to your point, I mean, it's like plenty of, of people in Reba's snar- situation in real life do put up with like shitty ex and their new spouse and they're doing it for the sake of the kids right but then it's like brock is barely in his kid's life i mean he's in the kitchen a lot (laughs) but he's not like 
My guy Jake has probably not seen him in months <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like you're sort of saying just because it's the first season and everybody's, they're trying to like figure out who everybody is. Like yeah. they're trying to make people understand that Barbara Jean and Brock are not monsters so that they can like continue right. to have them as characters on the show. Yeah, sure. But also like they're doing it like there's just not an easy way to do it there because isn't. the whole conceit of the show is that they did this bad and, thing. <laughs> which, like, it actually makes sense once you... Like, in the later seasons, it works, right? Yeah, like, right. when you're five years removed and they are together and happy and... and they have a baby. Yeah, and Reba's doing her thing and, like, of, of course he's going to come around to see his kids and, like, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, they're not as close to it so Reba at least tolerates Barbara Jean. But, like, season one... They're, I know, it just happened. They're pretty it's clear that it literally just happened, yeah. and Reba's like, oh, sure, I guess yeah. you can, I guess I'll come bail you out of jail. Like, hell no. Yeah. yeah, it's like this, the believability is tied into Reba fully, you know, internalizing and having her coping mechanism be like snark. Yes. As if that is instead of like demanding distance or like going to therapy she just like <laughs> makes fun of barbara jean in like small snippets and that's that, like virgin islands trick didn't make me laugh that was good, <laughs> that was good. and like i fully like the, she is good at, as an actor at like making fun of people i mean she's a decent actor doing in it in a way that doesn't really seem mean you know yeah. and it's like it's like fits into a sitcom like and maybe honestly Barbara Jean's cartoonishness mm-hmm. makes Reba seem like a even better actor too yeah. a little bit, you know, like when she was like sobbing and was like, I can't help but feel like this is sort of my fault. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, me too. Yeah, yeah. me too. You don't like, say. It was kind of funny. Yeah. And that's like not even a joke per se. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like the writer's room, like, here's the joke I have. Right. It's just like, I don't know, that's you have to sound delivery. funny doing yeah. that. Yeah. All right, so we have categories. Yeah, we do have categories. Awards, categories. I'm going to call them. Oh, right. I, so, yeah, you the emailed first me at one. 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hey. I, yeah. I okay, was up, you didn't wake me up, I promise. I was, he was up, up all night. Reba, Reba search. Yeah, hey, I, I went to bed around 7.30 once I'd done enough Reba. Good, You know, good. prep, Reba Watchables prep. So the first is the G.R. Smith Award. Um, original award, not copied from any podcast. Uh, and... It's for the character who does something, like, very stupid, very, like, a big F up, a blunder, but by the end of the episode, we still love them, or we still like them, or we don't hate them as much as the blunder might suggest that we would. Does anybody have... This one... Honestly, I mean, not it's Barbara a, Jean. It is Barbara Jean. Sort of. But it I, is, did you, but anybody like her at well, the Well, and episode? Brock. I mean, it could be either of them, really. No, Brock sucks. Yeah, I, that's true. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's Barbara Jean, but I'm cheating. I don't. I want to. Yeah, I would oh, love to hear your take. Bit. I'm yeah. cheating because I know five seasons from now that Barbara Jean is like lovable, and like that's in that's what I remember. Oh, right. But if I was truly 10 episodes into watching Reba, I would yeah. be like, F this B. Like, yeah. I don't be like... I mean, if you put it all in a vacuum and then define the award, it's like, it, you could say it's Kira. Because, like, she right. did something, like, she broke a rule, 
And then she no, let herself get blackmailed. It's not big enough to like have the stakes. Well, nothing big enough happened in this episode. Also, I don't consider I that guess. like a genuine blunder because I'm like hell yeah, Kira. Yeah, because we'll talk cool. to my like, no, yeah. it's true. But I mean, that's why it's like, well, we liked it at the end. Like, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I mean, she let her sister. She's smarter than Cheyenne and Van, and she let them outsmart her for like. A day. A day. Yeah. yeah. I can, all right, I can pull something out of my butt, though. Because, like, I, Barbara Jean, like, she, she's trying, you know? Yeah. She's, she's She's not oblivious. She, she, she doesn't, it doesn't appear that there's any ill will there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes Brock even worse, because he's. I mean, I just think it's, like, she was trying to, like, buy all this, like, you know, she's spending too much money, which whatever, like, that's literally why she's marrying him. So she can, like, spend money at will. He's a dentist, right? Yeah. And the whole idea is that he must run, like, the most profitable dentistry practice in mm-hmm. Houston because, like, he's supporting another wife, like, his ex-wife and three kids right. on alimony. And now well, he's got a part-time job as a football coach. That's true. So that, that's true. You know. I um, really, did, well, it might apply... It might apply to another category here. Um, but like, I'll hold on to it. It's so fine. she's spending money, you know, but it's also because she's like kind of having this weird wedding that pretty transparently seems like Brock trying to like keep it quiet. You know, yeah. he's like, I know I've done this thing that's like bad, you know, and yeah. I don't really want people to know. Like he yes. spins it as like a generous thing. That was the most unbelievable part of the episode. I was like, no, you're doing this because like, yeah, you don't want anybody to like know that you slept with your secretary and like are leaving your right. wife for her. It's like if they played music differently while he was yeah. playing it, it would have sounded like he was just like gaslighting her, which is right. basically what he was doing. It did seem like but that, but they did try to frame it as or, he's I mean, being sincere and he's like, oh, he really has Reba's best interest at It's like, no, obviously he doesn't. Like he's just trying to do what's going to be it's easy like, and like I, yeah. didn't, I didn't want to humiliate you anymore when right. it's like well all he's saying is I didn't want to bring more attention to the way I humiliated right, you exactly. in the first place yeah. you know <laughs> there's an analogy there but like we all do that like when you do something shitty like right. you don't want to put a spotlight on it yeah, you kind of yeah, want to exactly. dip out the back door right but then you make it seem like you know I mean I just didn't want to I, I, I just didn't want you to like deal with that yeah you know yeah. like uh, you're, wel- I mean, you're welcome i think like reba starts to see how he's like steering this train you know and barbara jean's like more or less along for the ride in that like jail fake jail conversation you know and she's like oh okay i guess like you know it's brock being a shithead again like i'm obviously familiar with that so. yeah and the thing is that you know like we, we point out numerous times every episode that Reba is smart, and every other character is dumb, but Brock is the only character, sometimes Cheyenne, too, probably because she's Brock's daughter, is <laughs> Brock is the one who uh, is dumb but acts smart, pretends he's smart. You know, it's like Van is just like, I'm an idiot, and I'm nice. Van is and a dog. Barbara yeah. Jean is, doesn't she doesn't, like, carry herself as, like, trying to ever outsmart Reba or anything. Right. Yeah. Where Brock is, like, he starts off every episode thinking he's on a level playing field with Reba, and then by the end is, like, sort of taught a lesson by her. Right, right. But, yeah, what were you going to say, Dave? You, oh. have another, you have another category in mind? Oh, oh well, no, I was, was going to save the best line because I just remembered it. But, oh, like, no, y'all no. go in whatever order you want. I just didn't want to spend all my powder in one place. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
we have a uh, most incongru- incongruous moment. So basically just anything that happened that's like, wait, what? I think I've got that, a couple. That Well, that's where Akira comes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like getting outsmarted by Van and Cheyenne. Yeah. Like, no. That well, that, okay, so that's Stop. like, Stop. your kind of interpreting is like, Least most believable. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which yeah. I, I, you mean logically most incongruous. I mean like literally, like, literally like, like watching it being like, like what in the world. Happening. But that's that also kind of works too because it's in just in terms of like since we don't have that category is I mean Kira is always so ready to just take them down a notch. Yeah. And then she, and she knows how much smarter she is. Yeah. But lets them She seemed a little too willing to sort yeah. of mm-hmm. back down. Um, I mean, I had the brownie gift basket was unbelievably enormous <laughs> to the point of, I don't think that anybody, I mean, I, I guess it's a family of five with Van. Yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you would never get someone a basket that has that many brownies. Like, it's like psychotic. It's like something you would do. As like a prank. I don't know. I, may, right. I like brownies. I My like memory them. might be hazy. Like how many? How big do we think this? Brownie it looked about was? the size of the table that were, and it, and no, it only it had it only had brownies in it. There was yeah, nothing else. It was it was large. I, I, I don't. For me, I think the most incongruous line was like when Cheyenne was like, "Do I know this Maya?" Like I was like, I don't understand what this joke is trying to be. Is it trying to be like? Cheyenne doesn't know who Maya Angelou is, which yes. I get. Like that's, that's the that's fun. the main part of the joke. I think so, but then it's like, is she like making a lesbian joke? So or is she? Yeah, like I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have remembered. But I didn't. I didn't take notes. Don't sue me. But <laughs> like obviously, the joke was that she doesn't know who she is, right? And the right. tone of the voice was like. Hey. Yay. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm like Dave did an, an elbow. <laughs> yeah. If you can't you can't see at home, but I'm nudging. Uh but no I've never met a man named Maya in my life. Right. So. Yeah. And so yeah, Cheyenne's like inadvertently like, yeah, you're interested in a girl at the library. Right. And I remember being like, that's interesting. Especially yeah. again, you have to frame all of this in the fact that it's a twenty year old show, which right. like that wouldn't be weird today, but like you don't hear a ton about it on TV in two thousand two. It would be a big implication. That would be a weird thing to yeah. say on in network. That TV. hasn't also yeah. been developed in any way. Right. Well, as we talked about with Katie on our last episode, um, there are a lot of lesbian undertones in Reba that Johnny and I were not tracking. Yeah. But Katie, really? Katie showed us yeah. the way. Granted, it was a much more explicit in the last episode. Yeah. There was a joke about like Reba hugging her friend and Brock came in and he was like, wow, I love to see two women hugging. Yeah, no, like his, all like horny. His exact was line like, was, okay. why is it always sexy when two women hug? <laughs> and that was his like walk in the door line. <laughs> So it was, yeah. So I don't know. There's, Fascinating. Um, but yeah, so that that's my moment. There was another joke that really like was at the end of the scene that I can't remember now, but it was just like, uh, what? Well, I have like one that is not necessarily like totally logically incongruous. Like there's nothing that we- there's nothing like weird about it, except for just like the idea that I would assume in television writing, it's like everything is supposed to either serve serve some sort of like purpose in some way or like mm-hmm. you think that there will be like a slight payoff it was like pretty random that brock 
and Barbara Jean were having sex. I know that. When was oh we yeah. <laughs> Wait. Okay. You know, I'm and like, it's like middle of the day. We which, buried the lead here. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't want to seem like I, I, it's like it's middle of the day. So like, you just think that like that would mean that like you know there was a reason that it's ha- like oh there's yeah a, like a, there's a, gonna a be another joke line or something. Yeah. And it was just like no like it, it was almost like they were just thinking hey you know. Keep in mind what Reba's dealing with. Like, these two are having <laughs> sex constantly, and that's how hard it is for her. I mean, when so when Brock came down and he was clearly, like, you know, disheveled and stuff, yeah. I was like, is he going to be sleeping with someone else? Right, exactly. Like, it kind of, like, implies that something, like, it's dramatic. Because also, the, like, rushed putting clothes right, on. Right, right. As if, like, you couldn't be, there wasn't, it wasn't, like, the police were outside. Right. You, like, you could just, like, put your clothes on and then, like, wait an extra minute and it, go downstairs. The whole thing was very weird. Yeah. And I, like, I was like, why are, why are you not at work? I assume. Right, right. exactly. I was doing that, that thing. I remember thinking, like, I guess this is how sitcoms work. Or not even just sitcoms. Even, like, shows we're supposed to take more seriously. Where you're supposed to lose the thread of, like, what day it is. Because mm-hmm. in yeah. my head, I'm like, weren't they... I don't know, like, the teacher just called. Like, what is, is it, like, 4.30 on a weekday? Right. But so it's, like, I don't know. So it's, like, about dinner time, but Brock and Barbara Jean are having sex. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it, and then, or is it the next day, and it's the middle of the day, and why aren't they at work? And, again, like, they're so oblivious, like, one of the two of them would probably think, like, Hey, my ex-wife probably doesn't want to see us in a state of undress, like right. knowing that we were just going at it. it rocks as ago. considerate as they're trying yeah. to like that's sell us that very, he is. That's very like, inconsiderate. Yeah, I would be. I would. I would like maybe not even open the door or like get fully dressed, you know, and like comb my hair a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. It really was. It, it it was just funny because, like you said, it just laid the groundwork for it to be something that had to do with that. Right. But it was more just an aside of like, you know, it will actually do what it was is it seemed like a Van Cheyenne thing. Yeah. Like that's, if yeah. it was those two, that's then true. that could stand alone as the joke. Like these two teenagers are so horny. Right. That's like right. part of their bit. No, that is, that would be peak teenage sitcom behavior. Yeah. That's what like I Van expect. like putting his shirt back on, but instead it's his father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of, or in the moment that I can think of that would connect it, is because, like, on the credit card fraud call, mm-hmm. they said that she had bought lingerie, you know? And oh, Reba's yeah. like, who's the only person that, who's somebody who would buy lingerie and also mm. then go to the, like, Jesus yeah. store, yeah. you know? Like, that's crazy. And then she's like, it's Barbara Jean. Okay. And so, like, that was the only thought. But it's still, like... You probably like, didn't need like, to weird. see yeah, her exactly. in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now, if I... Well, I don't vividly remember what she was wearing when she... Wasn't she wearing a bathrobe? That's... I was, okay. Oh, right, yeah. All right, that, I was going to say, I was like, I don't remember her wearing anything that looked, like, super, super seductive scandalous. or scandalous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was, like, naked at that point. I mean, anyway. Good, 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 good point. <laughs> But but yeah okay what right. do we have next we have our... a moment or scene or line uh, where uh, Reba was in some way a feminist icon uh, kind of hard I don't really know yeah I don't there really was... have a good yeah. I don't it wasn't a very good joke like because it didn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. but I appreciated her attitude 
because again, like she gives too much leeway to these people. Mm-hmm. But like when she gets called at the restaurant that Barbara Jean has been arrested, mm-hmm. and her friend asks like, "Oh, are the crabs in season?" and she's like, "Oh, not till next month." And Reba's like, "Oh, we can wait." As if to suggest, like, I'm not in a hurry to go get her out of jail. Which is like, love your attitude, but, like, obviously you're not going to sit in this restaurant for For a month. month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's stupid. But... (laughs) Right. Because, and it was funny, too, was that the the waiter walked away. Yeah. Yeah, The waiter's like, oh, okay, good answer. As as (laughs) if you were a waiter, you wouldn't be like, okay, so uh you're not ready to order? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Which, joke, not very good. Yeah. But the sentiment, I appreciate that you're like, yeah, finish your lunch. Like... Drive yeah. very slowly over to the yeah. jail. Maybe stop and do something else on your way. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, best we can do is in the scene when she's, like, having this semi-heart-to-heart with Barbara Jean, and she's like, you know, you should have a wedding that expresses who you are or whatever. Not that that's really a feminist sentiment right. or whatever, but it's at least, like, a positive Standing whatever a what woman. you want. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Don't, I mean, the only, like, political moment she had was the death penalty Oh, that's that, uh, true. Yeah. Like, oh, that was damn funny. it. That was so and like and and good and yeah. like insightful. I know. And... She's like Barbara Jean. Relax. You're in mall jail. There's not the death penalty in mall jail. And then there's like the beat. And she's like, Well, we are in Texas. <laughs> it's also funny that, that Reba sets up her own joke. Exactly. You know, that's like usually something like somebody else, the wisecracking person, is supposed to respond to. Like, there's not, you know, there's not a a death penalty in mall jail. And then someone's like. Well, we are, and she's like, Reba is the wisecracking (laughs) character on this show. Yeah, Kira can't be everywhere. I don't don't trust any other character on Reba to, like, know... Oh, well, okay, Kira, sure. But the two of them are probably the only ones that know, like, what Texas's stance on capital Yeah, (laughs) it's true. But yeah, that was like that was really good. that was spicy for Reba, I would say. I com- no, I remember like being I digest all media with my phone in my hand. I'm not proud of it, but I just do. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and like looking up, like, oh damn, okay, that's pretty. Right, that's a zinger and you for know 2002. What? We can, we can and call like, that feminist because you know what, intersectionality, baby. There we go. Like. Reba, it wasn't necessarily a strong take, but at least she's acknowledging it like, was a take it's over the top yeah. that Texas is this way. Which, like, I mean, for that, as we've gone, I feel like that's become more and more the norm. But like that era of TV, I don't associate with like having a take at all. Like right. the yeah. whole goal was to entertain as many people as possible. You know, and, and I mean, it's like it, it was a show very uh, leaning into oh, like. It says Texas somewhere on the wall in every scene. Right. But Very, like, it, down home. It's not like the... I doubt... I, the demographic of audience was all over the country. Mm-hmm. So everybody watching in California or wherever is, like, thinking, like, this is a show about these Texans or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's a joke that is making them laugh without, like, making fun of Texas citizens necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. Making fun of government policy yeah no it's a little i mean it's the right level of ambiguous you know like for that moment yes but it like you could probably kind of read it however you want to but i could see like i don't know i don't think anybody could be offended like justifiably but like it was a a mild but like nice little jab exactly Yeah. yeah yeah uh i mean it's a very like 
because Texans would be like, we are like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sure do. She got us. Um, yeah, like, we don't call 911 she, here in Texas. Yeah, it is like, well, she did shoplift. So <laughs> right. let's not, you know. I, so I know that the show's funny, but shoplifting serious, and you can't just get off like that. What was the retail value on that figurine? Yeah, exactly. That was a religious, it was a god exactly. piece. Exactly. Um, okay, Natalie usually picks a Reba song to pair I with the episode. I, have one I mean, I've well, thinking, I assume that the one you were gonna, that you would pick would be based on the line about we need someone to sing at the wedding, and she said you yeah. wouldn't like the song I would pick. Oh yeah, yeah. So isn't there like a revenge song or something? I don't. Know. There's some. Oh well, actually, it could be "Turn on the Radio," which I just heard at Roundup Saloon here hey, in Dallas, nice. um, out in the wild. But no, "Turn on the Radio" is like. It's kind of like a fuck you, like, if you want to hear me, like, turn on the radio. You know, oh, so it's kind of like... I like you that. Know. Yeah, it's a good song. It's also later Reba. I think it came out in 2010 or 2011. So, you know, she still got it. I can tie that together, which I actually... I, I'm sorry. I like Reba McIntyre a lot. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of episodes of her show. I the Fancy is probably the only Reba song that I could name. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of people's experience. Um... <laughs> I just want to say, and I I should have researched this, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like the theme song gets a glow up. I, actually, yeah. like because I again, like I was watching later seasons for the most part, and I just remember being like, mm, the production and the oomph is lacking here <laughs> in season one. Like maybe you just were more. Easily I, impressed. I don't yeah. know which. Okay, I had or your like, expectations. I mean, the song years, was so. like literally released as a single, like when the show debuted. Was so I really? think it stayed the same. Because I like I had a nostalgic Remix. moment. Like as the credits were building, I remembered you the. Were like I was get. I was like I'm a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sing, but. All right, I need. To, I'm gonna go look at that because I swear I feel like maybe I re- maybe I remember there being a difference. Maybe maybe, well, maybe it uh, maybe it was longer. Because obviously, or like it's only they like, might have picked a different slice of the song. Maybe, or something. yeah. I'm. I will get back to you on this. Um, and then last one we got is some version of either punching up a Reba joke or like something. You go, oh, like that was funny. But what they should have said, if I were in the writers' room, is this. Or if the they nailed it, just like what well, is the best joke? It could be either one of those. I mean, I didn't see a good punch up opportunity. I don't. Thing. I thought that opening scene with the like mannequin, you know, where she's trying to like mm, get Reba yeah. to think that the mannequin or is like I don't know, she's like, this guy's really into you and it's like mannequin, which was sort of just like a weird idea, but like if you don't finish that with like some joke about him being hard, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> like that's true. they could there's true. enough sex talk on true. Reba up yeah. to this point. They're definitely that, not like, above that. Right, and, they, and so like they could have done it in a way that's like not that explicit, you know. I'm sure whatever they could yeah. think of something, yeah. Because yeah. it just felt like a little bit like why are we even having this conversation? Like right. it's a little bit strange. But. Yeah, and the, all yeah, and the way her friend, she was like, oh, I'm not convinced his hair's real, and like right there, Reba's. I would be like, well, I don't give a damn if he's checking me out. And yeah. like, there's got to be right. surely there's somebody more attractive I could be. <laughs> well, and at. she's like, yeah, at least he won't run her away. And it's like, well, that's really fucking sad, you yeah, know? Yeah. No, it's it's funny because I don't even think because of quality of the show, just of it being dated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it feels like at times just overly structured and overly like joke now and right, insert joke right. now but then there are times in the show where you're like 
is this improvised? Like, why? <laughs> what is the point of this? How are you opening with this weird mannequin thing that doesn't have one big joke? It yeah. just has, like, a kind of a riff on, like, hey, this guy's checking you out. And then right, it's, like, it's like, like, a kind of sad, like, yeah, I wish a, a real human <laughs> being would do that. Ha ha, loser. <laughs> yeah, I was kidding. It was a mannequin. Also, right. not really, like, didn't. I mean, I it didn't mall. look like a handsome mannequin. It looked no. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't one of those really good-looking mannequins <laughs> that we can all relate to. Hey, you know but, what I mean. You check out, like, Gap and Banana yeah. Republic. Like, you see, yeah, they got the higher yeah, models I mean, in there. I mean, you'd be flattered. If, I mean, also, I mean, I guess they were in a mall, but, like, I don't. Uh, why was there a mannequin in the restaurant? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For the purposes of that joke, I was yeah. gonna say again. Like once you like, there's only so many levels you can go before you have to be like, this is this is a sitcom, like right. a run of the mill sitcom. Uh, but, well, run of the mill is up for debate, fair, but okay. um, yeah. but yeah, okay. So, I mean, that was pretty good. You came. You had a punch up in mind. I um, think. So. so yeah, I think that's. Any We're gonna have like to have final... you on for like a, a later season one, since that's kind of your comfort zone. <laughs> that's really where I shine. That's yeah. where the show I think shines, and that's where I shine as well. Well, okay. we could do like a. I mean, we got one more chair at this table, so we could have your ex's mom <laughs> here, and we could do a group pod. You know what's? I mean, I like. I feel like she probably would. Hey, hey I mean, I send her the episode, and that will be. This is a formal request hey. from me and Natalie. Hi, long time. Like, it's been six or seven years. Like, <laughs> I hope you're well. Give my best to your daughter. Um, do you want to come on the Rebel Watchable? <laughs> <laughs> do you have any final thoughts about this episode? I, I had, which, it's not the best joke in the world, but it, like, mm-hmm. which... I like I loved how like real it was and like it's 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 a cartoony show like yeah. everybody's supposed to learn a lesson and, yeah. and that type of thing and it's like family friendly and fun and it wasn't like dark but there was a line where Reba was like she's like for our honeymoon we went to love it for two nights <laughs> oh, on the way to dental yeah. school and the joke the punchline was her friend was just like being the first wife sucks and I was <laughs> like I just appreciated the reality of that. Of yeah. Like, like it's not. Re- it's really not that funny that they did this to you. Right. And like, that's it. Kind of bothers me that the show just sort of glosses over that. <laughs> so I appreciated the realness of that. Yeah. I mean, I do like this. That this character being recurring. Yeah. Now, like her, her she's just like, she's confident Reba. Basically, I mean, they yeah. kind of contrast or like it by making grown Reba, up Kira. Basically, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's weird is like. They play that up in that character by whenever she's with Reba, Reba seems like way less confident hmm. than she does normally in the show. Yeah. She's like, I wish a real human, not not a puppet, would look at me, you know, like yeah. not a mannequin. But normally she's like a shit talker. Right. But that being said, she is a good character because she's basically just like, got like, are you talking about my friend? I'll beat your ass energy, yeah. which yeah. is like a good element. To like Reba needs an ally, you yeah. know, and it's nice to have her have something. An ally and like a grounding force. Yeah. 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 With like no backstory, which is like... Besides like having a lot of ex-husbands. Yeah. But being like cool about, like being yeah. like, hey, I just got a crazy past. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah. I mean, we did, I'm like realizing now, I think we were talking with Corbin or something and he was really wanting to get into... 
Van's football career, right. and we were like, we're not talking about this with you. Um, <laughs> but well, I think he's we, the perfect person to talk to. Corbin about. Smith. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I guess. I like. Are you, is he thinking of the same Corbin? Probably not, not football Corbin. Wait. Oh, like there's Daily a different Beast Corbin. Basketball uh, Corbin. Basketball Corbin. Yeah. I'm now I'm Portland speak- Corbin. Okay, no, because there's a. Yeah, no, there's another Corbin Smith. There's a Corbin Smith who's like, well, he has an extensive high school football writing history. So, all right, never mind. I don't think that that Corbin Smith would want to be on Rewatchables. I don't know, maybe. I think a lot of people would want to be on Rewatchables. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be on the Rewatchables? Find me the first person to turn us down. (laughs) But I did think I said, I was like, well, we'll get a real football writer and we'll do a like a bonus standalone episode that's just about Van's career. Mm-hmm. But then we had Dave on and we just got too excited and did like a real episode. <laughs> I mean, but, well, I mean, but Dave lives really close. I, gonna, I live I live in your true. neighborhood and I don't have a life. So <laughs> that's, that's true. That's not well, anytime, well, that part's not true. Anytime y'all want me on. For the Patreon, you know, the... <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta pay for that. You gotta pay for the... If you want to hear me the talk analysis. football. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't... This is all He's not gonna watch pod. film for free, so... Yeah, I'll sit down we get the whole draft show. I'll sit down. Broadus and Kyle. I'll do the all 22 of Vans. Yeah, exactly. The Reba redraft, Reba draftables. Reba (laughs) draftables. Exactly. (laughs) This idiot doesn't even know how to play like cover two. Come on. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's all we got. Dave, is there anything you would like to plug for the vast audience of Reba watchables? Um, no, because it's, I'm I'm on vacation. I'm no. Mm-hmm. You when besides tra- your podcast obligations. Uh no, honestly, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to lie low. I'm trying to do the Reba watchables. That's right. so well. That's what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> all of, all y'all, I'll plug all that at a later time. But I'm just happy that I had a chance to watch Reba again. Yay! Hey. Well, that's what we do. We exactly. bring it back to people's life or introduce it. But thanks for coming on, man. No problem, yes. guys. Thank Anytime. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Obviously, same old. Give us a review. Tell a friend. You know, subscribe if you're not already. If this is your first Rewatchables experience. Tell your ex's parents <laughs> exactly. if they, if yeah. they liked Reba. <laughs> that, too. I mean, you know, just spread the word. It's good, clean fun here on Rewatchables. <laughs> yeah. Questionable on the clean part. But, um... But yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Yeah.